Daniel chapter 4, Daniel chapter 4, we've been in a series uh, called Grown Ups, or Being a Grown Up, and uh, say, Brother Danny, why did you choose this series? Well, because I know that sometimes I need a reminder that, hey, it's time to grow up. You know, you're acting like a kid again, you're acting like a baby again, and so we all need that. And so we've taken some, some childish attitudes that we fall back into, and we've kind of addressed them. Um, three weeks ago, we started with uh, the, the childish attitude, I don't do things that are hard or not fun. You remember that? Uh, we studied the life of Ahab for a little bit, and how when you have this attitude, I don't do things that are hard, I don't do things that are not fun, you're creeping into a childish attitude, and someone's got to call you on it and say, hey, grow up. You know, as an adult... We do the things that we don't necessarily want to do and that aren't fun. But because we're adults, we know they're right to do. And we know that there's consequences, good consequences down the road. Number, the lesson number two, I've got all the time in the world. You know how kids just think, I've got all the time in the world, you know? Um, they have no concept of time. And we studied how Jesus rebuked the rich, uh, 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 the, the rich fool of Luke chapter 12. He rebuked him and he said, this night... Is thy soul required of thee? He said, you thought you had all the time in the world, but you don't. And an adult realizes, I don't have time to fool around. I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to waste uh, not developing my gifts and using them. I definitely don't have time to waste in sin. An adult realizes the biggest waste of time, folks, is our times that we wander from the Lord in sin. It's just a waste of time. Nothing good or productive ever happens from those. Then last week, we talked about the third childish attitude. And the third childish attitude is, I don't care about the consequences. And we studied the life of who? Esau. All right, somebody, thank you. Somebody remembered. All right, Esau. Yeah, we studied Esau last week. Esau was like, I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens until it happens. And then you're like, what was I thinking, right? Well, if you would have thought like an adult, an adult thinks, I care about what happens. I care about the consequences. And so we studied that last week. Well, the fourth childish attitude, and we're going to talk about this today, is the fourth childish attitude is life is all about me. That's a childish attitude. Life is all about me. But don't we often backslide into that? Don't we often become like kids? You know, from the time we wake up in the morning, it's all about me. What do I want to eat? What do I want to do today? And make, make sure you don't talk too loud because you might, you know, you might, you might, you know, mess my day up and, and make sure my, my, my food is the right temperature. It's all about me. And, and can I, without getting too far into the lesson, let me rebuke you and remind you, that's what kids do. That's what kids do. And so this week I was reading, this is kind of a by the way, but this week I really needed a, a chapter and a verse to really help me out because Sometimes if I'm not careful, I'm like you, I get, I, I'm a political junkie, I like to read about politics, stuff like that, I can get really, really scared, and not scared is too bad of a word, but I can get too overwhelmed with what's going on, especially in our country right now, it's crazy. So I was like, Lord, I need to be calmed down a little bit, and the Lord reminded me of this chapter, Daniel chapter 4, is an awesome chapter. If you're struggling right now with all the politics and everything, yesterday I thought this was so funny, me and Ralph were just talking about this, um, yesterday they planned a nationwide anti-fascist uh, demonstration all over the country and hardly anybody showed up. And I told Ralph, I said, I said, those dummies, they announced the, they announced the uh, day of the, the, they, they announced the, the, the rally, the day the iPhone 10 came out, you know, uh, <laughs> come on, man, know your audience. Uh, these are millennials, man. They're not going to show up anyway. 
But, but I can get a little worried about this stuff. And so God drew me to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4 is just an awesome chapter to remind us that God's in control. But as I read this chapter and meditate on this chapter, it's a great story about this king who really was a big kid. Look at Daniel chapter 4 and verse 24. And uh, verse 24, ready? Um, You can follow along as I read to make it go a little quicker. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which is come upon my Lord the king, that they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of the heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee. After that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by, uh, by righteousness, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it, be by, uh, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. And all this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months, he walked in the palace of the king of Babylon, and the king spake and said, notice what he's saying, Is this not great Babylon that I have built for the house of the, king, of the kingdom by the might of my power, for the honor of my majesty? Are you seeing some words that I'm emphasizing here? This guy's all about who? All about who? All about me himself. Verse uh, 31, While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the what? The beast of the field. And notice, we'll drop down to verse 33. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. Literally, this man became an animal, and many reasons why, but I think personally it was because he was acting like it in his heart. God said, I'll make you one. I'll make you an animal. You know, we call people who think it's all about them, you, you know what we call them? Toddlers. I don't know. Um, in, in my son's eyes, we are here to serve him and make his life better. But you know, frankly, many experts have, have said that's normal and healthy for a toddler. That's actually good. For it's in these selfish toddler years, they form the thought, I'm important. For a toddler, a two and three year old, it's perfectly normal to be selfish and want the world to rebel. It's perfectly normal. It's God's way of communicating to that child, you're important. That's why it's so important that kids, when they're younger, are nurtured and helped. And, and I know some of you are now helping with your grandchildren. And one of the greatest gifts you can communicate to them is that you're important, you're valued, you're somebody in God's eyes. Not because necessarily your last name or who, who, what family you were born into, but because you're God's child. It's very important. So that's why it's normal for a two and three year old to think that the world revolves about them. And, 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 but, 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 just, uh, but just past three year old onward, it's that lifelong realization that we have to be reminded of. It's not all about you. And that's what happened in this story. This king was looking out over his kingdom thinking, well, actually this chapter is an awesome chapter. When you first read the chapter, it's this humble king about to give his story. He's a very humble man. 
And then he talks about how he became that way. He didn't become that way on, on, on accident. It was God's plan. He starts talking about, he started to have this dream, this vision that he didn't know what it was about, about a watcher coming down with an axe and knocking down this tree, but leaving the stump and the roots. And he gets his magicians and, and he asks these magicians to interpret it. And the magicians say, we have no idea. And all of a sudden, Daniel walks in. Daniel was one of the king's men and one of the, one of the advisors to the king. And so he begins, uh, the king comes to him and says, Daniel, you've been recommended because it, it, it says the spirit of the gods are in you. You're a very spiritual man. Can you tell me what this dream is about? And Daniel begins to lay out this dream and says, king, that dream is you. That tree is you. People have fed from you off your back. You have protected them. But that watcher is God. And God is going to cut you down for a season. And you're going to, to, to drift and you're going to become an animal for, for seven times or seven years. There's one last warning. He tells them, he says, if you can get your life in order, he said, who knows, maybe God will put off this judgment from you. He gives him one last warning. And this proud king, we pick up the story where we read, this proud king doesn't do that. Matter of fact, he gets worse. He comes out and he starts admiring his kingdom. And the Bible says that very day, he's driven to become this animal to Rome for seven years. You see, for seven years, he is sentenced to roam the field like a beast. Seven years of God trying to break this selfishness, trying to get him to to be an adult and realize life is not all about you. And isn't that us? We've got to be reminded of that. Sometimes we're like this king. We look at everything, the life around it, we think, I built that, I put that there. This house is mine, this car is mine. Be careful what you do to my stuff. And God says, if you don't humble yourself, and if you don't break yourself of this thought, it's all about me, I will do it for you. So I want to give you this morning quickly four lessons that that we can learn from Nebuchadnezzar or four lessons that Nebuchadnezzar had to learn. The first one is this. Number one, the life of selfishness is life in a bubble. The life of selfishness is life in a bubble. Look at Daniel chapter 4 and verse 3. And uh, would you read verse 3 with me? Let's, 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 Let's read verse 3. Ready? How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Do you know when the king came to that conclusion? It was after he had been humbled. Before he was humbled, he was what? It's all about me, all about me. Then God humbled. Here's what literally God did, ready? Busted his little bubble. And he realized... There's more to this world than me. There's this great big God out there. There's this incredible universe out there. And folks, one of the worst things our selfishness does, when we revert to acting like a child, we live in this little bubble and we fail to see the incredible things all around us that God has put. I don't want to live that way. And so I want to, I want to say this morning, in Daniel chapter 4, verse 3, we see three things that we miss when, 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 when there's when, when this bubble of selfishness. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, our... Uh, Patch the Pirate put it this way. You're stuck on me island or is it island? You know, some of you have kids, right? You know, you island is a pretty small place. And there's an incredible world when you leave yours and enter others. And, and, and there's a rich world when you choose to engage with others. Let me give you a couple things we miss when we're trapped in this little bubble of our selfishness. Verse 3 of Daniel 4 says we miss his wonders. In the book of Proverbs several times, as the as the as the, the writer would meditate on certain things, one of the things that over and over his jaw would drop were the wonders and marvels of God. 
And some of you are missing out on the wonders all around us of, of life because you're caught in this little bubble of selfishness like a little child. It's all about you. It's all about how you feel today. It's all about what's going on in your life. And you're missing out the wonders of God. One of the wonders that God put uh, in life is the, the wonders of relationships. You remember that, that man that, that talked about all the things he couldn't, that he couldn't figure out? He couldn't figure out the way of the ship in the ocean. He couldn't figure out the way of the, the serpent on the rock, the eagle in the air. And then he talked about one, the way of a man with a maid, that, that the, whole, the whole courting process, the whole relationship process. You know, the, look at the wonder of this. You didn't know your wife. You meet her in college or you meet her somewhere. All of a sudden you fall in love. You have children. This whole incredible wonder called family. And some of us are missing out on that wonder because we're so caught up in a little bubble of selfishness. We don't see this wonder. And God says, when you're in your, your own little island, you're missing out on some incredible things. You're living in this little bubble. You're missing out on his presence. If you read that verse 3 a little bit later, his presence. Do you know, sometimes when, when you're in this little bubble of selfishness, you're missing out how close God really is to you all the time. Isn't it amazing how when we go through tragedies and we're humbled, and in those tragedies we see how close God is, and God says, I was always here. But why do we see him closer in tragedies? And why do we see him closer in difficult times? You know why? Because we're humbled and we're crying out. But when we're we're living on island, we don't see his presence. And God says, you're living in this little bubble. And then thirdly, we miss his control. In verse 3, it says, his domination is from generation to generation. You know, when I'm filled with selfishness and I'm filled with myself, I miss out on the fact that he is totally in control of everything. And even this morning, as I confessed my little lapse into paranoia about the situation, it's just selfishness, thinking about how my family's going to be if things go wrong, what's going to happen to us. When I start thinking about me, I miss out on the fact that God is in control. God's in control. So the first lesson we need to learn this morning, why we need to be big boys and girls and get off of island and forget about our selfishness, is number one, we need uh, selfishness causes us to live in a little bubble. And we don't want that. Number two, Selfishness produces irrational or crazy behavior. Look at Daniel chapter 4 and verse 34. Daniel chapter 4 and verse 34. Would you read that with me? Let's, let's, let's read that all together. Ready? At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. Notice that line. Mine understanding returned unto me. What does that imply? That his understanding had what? Had left him. Had gone, right? And it's amazing how when we're bit with selfishness, when we become like children and think life is all about us, you know what, we start, what starts to happen? Our reasoning, our rationality starts to leave us. And you know what's one of the worst things about some of us that live with, in, in, with selfishness? The irrational, the irrational thoughts that come. Let me give you some irrational thoughts that come, 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 come with us when we become selfish. You ready? Here's an irrational thought. Suspicion. There's, there's, there's some of us, we show up to church, we are suspicious about everything. God gives us a cup of coffee. What do you want? You look pretty today. Did she really mean that? Hey, I like your car. I bet he does. He's just saying that. The thing about being on I land, a selfish person, your reasoning leaves you and you become very suspicious. You're suspicious of everything. That ah, church just wants to take my money and do this with it. You become very suspicious. Is my husband cheating on me? Is she cheating on me? Does she love me anymore? Why? A lot of times when we get bit with that bug of selfishness, we become very... What happened here to to Nebuchadnezzar? His reasoning what? Left him. We become very irrational. 
This morning, if you are becoming irrational, ask yourself, have I become very selfish? Am I just thinking about myself all the time? I consume with me. Am I consume what's going on? Um, okay, hopefully this is just going into your hearts, man, because I'm starting to get some dagger eyes. And I did not read your mail. Your wife didn't contact me. No, okay. All right, number Second irrational thought. Okay, suspicion. Another irrational thought. Ready? Grandiosity. Some of you are like, is that on the wheel of fortune or something? Uh, grandiosity. Grandiosity just means you think you're somebody. Grandiosity. Can I tell you? That's an irrational thought. Grandiosity says no one can hurt me. Nothing can touch me. I am impregnable to any. Folks, we're human. And can I tell you, the more unselfish, the more, the more unselfish we are, the more we realize we're human. That's why when we never think, the, the more unselfish we are, the more we cut people slack. The more, the more judgmental you are and the, more, and the less slack you cut with other people, it really is, is telling you you've been bit with this bug of selfishness. Get rid of it because it's irrational thoughts. Let me give you some, this grandiosity. We're a better church than the other churches in the neighborhood. That's, you know what that is? That's selfishness. That's a testimony of selfishness. This is a better Sunday school class. Than that. And it is, but, but that's beside the point, right? Okay, man, you guys, somebody's got to laugh a little bit. That was a little bit funny. Okay, another, another one is control. This is another irrational thought. I can control people. I can control. That's irrational. The fact of the matter is we don't have control. How about this irrational thought or crazy behavior? No one likes me. That's irrational. Come on. No one likes you? Come on, be honest. If you're honest with yourself, you would say, there's dozens of people that like me, people that talk to me, people who love me, care deeply for me. But when we're bitten with selfishness, we have these irrational thoughts. I've had, I've had irrational thoughts like, no one likes me. The only person who likes me in this world is Karen. And she has to because we've got a ring on her. Yeah. I, that's irrational when I start thinking about myself. You follow with me? So we see we're learning that Nebuchadnezzar had become a big kid. And God says, you're too selfish, Nebuchadnezzar. You've got to grow out of that. The third lesson we learn here is number, number three. It's all about him. Look at Daniel chapter 4 and verse 34, the second part of it. Because here's the whole lesson that God was trying to to show. Let's pick up where it says, I bless the Most High. Um, You can just follow along. Ready? I bless the Most High and praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand and say unto him, what doest thou? He does. And here, here's, here's the whole lesson he's trying, he's trying to get across to us. When we're selfish, we can't get this. When we break from our selfish, here's the lesson, ready? He does what he wants and no one can stop him and no one can question him. Don't miss that. Did you hear what I said this morning? He does what he wants, and no one can stop him, and no one can question him. That's the bottom line. Unselfish, humble people get that, and you know what? They're okay with it. Can I tell you why we're not okay with it? Some of us are not okay with that statement. Some of you just heard that statement bristled a little bit. Because Satan has convinced you that the devil, the devil has convinced us that God is not good, And God uses his power to advance himself and hurt us. That's what Satan has has convinced you of. That God is not good. He uses his power to advance himself and hurt us. 
And that's why you can't handle the fact that God is totally in control. He does what he wants and no one can question him. But if you thought God is good, he'll always do the right thing, and the end product is always good, why wouldn't you trust him? Be the natural extension. But selfish people say, God's trying to hurt me. He's trying to hurt my family. He's trying to take what's mine. And I'm not standing up here as one that says, I have power over this. This is one testifying that I've got to work on this and habitually come back to the fact, God is good. He would never hurt me intentionally. And he has my best interest in mind. And the more I can get to that, the more unselfish I can be and say, yeah. And God says, when you're selfish, you can't learn that simple lesson. Then the last thing he's trying to teach us with this issue of selfishness, number four, God will humble the selfish believer. Look at Daniel 4, 37. It says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase or humiliate. God will humble the selfish believer. Um, God always gives you time to see if you'll repent. Daniel 4.27. He gave Nebuchadnezzar a little time to see if he'd come. And, and, and that's where some of us are right now. We're very selfish. We're very self-absorbed. And God says, I'm giving you a little time. See if, you, see if you can get this on your own. See if you'll read a book. See if you'll get some prayer time. See if you'll fast a little bit to humble yourself. I'm giving you some time. Because if you don't, I will humble you. I will humble you. Because the fact of the matter is a believer, a believer cannot live out of sorts with the Lord. and can't, can't, We're not God if we're believers. He is. And so God humbles us. And so, but when there is no change, God steps in and starts a humiliation process. Don't be afraid of humbling, guys. Don't be afraid of humbling. Humbling is good for us. Sometimes we don't even know the pride that creeps and the selfishness. And God says, I've got to get that out of you. Because when you're selfish, you miss the wonders that are all around you that are God. You live in this little bubble. You're missing it. He says when you're selfish, uh, when, you're, when you're selfish, it's producing irrational, crazy behavior. You want to get rid of that, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. You, you think I'm actually trying to hurt you, and I want to change your mind. God says, look, if you want to stay selfish and proud, I, I have to humble you. It's okay. I've been humbled many, many times. It's fine. And the older I get, the more I say, maybe I need it. And God, you know what you're doing? Because I know the end result. When God gets rid of the selfishness, I'm a much better person because I'm more like him. Let me give one last thing and I'm done. Is it, are you guys with me this morning? Okay. One last thing and I'm done. And I'll read this because I wrote it and I'll read it. But yesterday, yesterday uh, uh, evening, we told Landon, if you eat your dinner, because he's like most toddlers doesn't like certain foods, whatever. If you eat your dinner, you get a cake pop. He loves the cake pops from, from Starbucks. And we do that occasionally. That's his treat. You eat your dinner. We went to two or three different places last night trying to find him something to eat. No, don't want that. Yeah, my wallet's going thin. I'm like, well, good night. He said he wanted it. No, I don't want that. Because toddler is, it's all about who? All about me. Well, at the end of the night, cake pop. No cake pop, Landon. No cake pop. Last night, we, we did feed him something. Somebody, did he eat last night? He ate, he ate. But it wasn't necessarily what we wanted him to. But last night before he goes to bed, at night, he looks up to me in the sweetest voice. He says, good night, Daddy. Tomorrow, Starbucks coffee, cake pop. <laughs> that little rascal, he'd forget. Even last night, he's trying to tell me, it's all about me. It's all about me. You know, if it's the last thing that we do, 
we are going to teach him that it's not about him. And if it's the last thing that God does, he will teach you that it's not about you. And we'll live in a, we'll live in a happier place when we get there. So we got to put our, put our big boy pants on, right, this week. And what do we got to realize? It isn't all about me. A little child, a little toddler, come on. You're supposed to chuckle about that cake. It's funny. You think so, man. He wants his way. He wants that cake. That's funny. But when a 45, 50-year-old man or lady is, it's all about them. It's not funny anymore. And God is saying, if it's the last thing I do, I will purge you of that selfishness because it's not all about you. And it's, it's God's just trying to help you be a happier person because when we reach that place, what a happy place that is. Father, thank you for this man. I'm sure in heaven today, and I believe maybe he's in heaven, Nebuchadnezzar. Looks like he had a heart for you and repented. I wonder sometimes when he sees that story, he chuckles about the animal he had to become. Thank you, Lord, that you give him as an illustration for us to say, don't become an animal. Realize it's not about you. Humble yourself and turn to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to forget about myself and help me to forget about my, my, just my hurts and my hang-ups and, and, uh, and, and, and start realizing that you're in control. And uh, my life is, is, is in your hands. And everything that's happened to me has happened for a purpose. Thank you for these dear people, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in spite of my limited communication skills, Lord, the word of God still penetrates and, and helps people. And I pray for these dear, sweet people here, Lord. I pray that the word of God would minister to their soul. I pray that even now the word of God would massage their heart and calm them down. So many of us, Lord, live with hang-ups that, that are on our mind all the time. I pray that if there's someone here that's hurting, dear Lord, and no one can see their heart, and they, they're, they're, they're in constant turmoil and anguish, I pray that you'd let this lesson massage into their soul, and may they be convinced that you love them, Lord. You love them so much, and that everything's going to be okay when they follow you. Give us a great week. Bless Brother Wilkerson. Fill him with your Holy Spirit. And uh, give us a great week, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much.